Hi, it's Ryan. Welcome to your weekly dose of The Psychedelic Psychologist, where I invite my guests to share stories about their psychedelic experiences. We cover a variety of topics from overcoming addiction and severe depression to finding wholeness and spiritual emergence. Today's podcast is our inaugural first episode. You're going to hear from Sarah, one of my guests, who will be talking about their call to action with psychedelics and how they integrate. Enjoy the show. Perhaps you are ready, or maybe you stand at the threshold wondering, psychedelics, now? What we are about to embark on presents you with ways to approach the psychedelic world. Intentional setting, integration, that threshold, whether you choose to tiptoe across or break on through, is yours to decide. Welcome to The Psychedelic Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Ryan Westrom. And today, for our inaugural session, first episode, I have the luxury to have Sarah with us. Hey, Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Ryan. Yeah, today's the conversation about all things psychedelic. How do you feel coming in? Excited. I feel really good. Thank you. Yeah, we've been working together now for upwards of four years with integration. Yeah. What does that mean to you? Uh, it's been a journey. I've changed a lot in the time that I've, I've known you. It's, it's, it's funny to hear four years. It's gone quickly, but also I feel very much a, a different person than when we first met. When you say a different person, how much do you contribute that to finding psychedelics and the intentional integration work you're doing? I mean, it, it's it's hard to say. I mean, I, I don't want to disqualify the work that we've done in therapy in general. It's, you know, it's the, the psychedelic integration is really sort of flows through that therapy, but there's work that is related to it. And I think there's work that's in, independent of it. Right. How did you find psychedelics? What What was the invitation that you were accepting? That's interesting. I, you know, when we met, I was at an interesting point. I had, you know, not not to go all the way back, but I am someone who has sort of carried the identification of mental illness essentially my entire life. I experienced very early childhood trauma, and so I had done a lot of a lot of therapy and and had some institutional experiences growing up. And then, as an adult, more recently, but when before I met you, I had I had been diagnosed air quotes with um, some personality disorders, uh, borderline antisocial personality disorders. And um, with that came this feeling of that there wasn't really a lot of options for me, that there wasn't really a lot of hope. That I think the traditional perspective on folks that are struggling with exhibiting these sorts of behaviors is that they need to learn behaviors to mask like a normal person, to, to pretend to be normal. Um, and, uh, it was, it was a tough, it was a tough place to be. Right. And I had tried some things that I had, had tried EMDR with not great results, honestly. Um, 
And so in my researching of like, what's next? Because I, I just thought, well, how am I going to sort of navigate being this person with these, these flaws? Um, I started sort of taking ownership of the idea that, that borderline is just a really sexist way of referring to PTSD for women and exploring what sorts of options were available to people in general with PTSD. And that's when I discovered the results, the, the success that folks were having with psychedelic assisted therapy. Right. And tell me more about what you've landed on now that you've been exploring it. We've been working a lot with integration. Are you using a specific compound or medicine and what's been uncovered? Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting. I, th there was so much more information about psilocybin and about ketamine, but my intuition and my calling was to seek out MDMA. Um, and uh, although I have tried other uh, medicines, I come back to MDMA as being um, what is what feels really right for me. That's great. Tell me, um, one of the foundational things that you and I have discussed is that idea, and you alluded to it, is this diagnosis being exonerated and seeing a seeking of wholeness or almost a spiritual awakening or a connection to your authenticity. Can you speak a little bit about what you've been uncovering with that newfound relationship you have with yourself? Oh, absolutely. So I think I think that that my first experience with MDMA really sort of laid uh, it, an incredible foundation, or really just sort of opened me in ways that that I hadn't, um, I couldn't have imagined. Um, going into my first session with MDMA, I honestly had I had fears or preconceptions that that the experience was going to be more like a, like a regression therapy that, um, that I was going to uncover even more trauma. And I wasn't afraid of that, but, but, but at the same time was like, oh, there's, I am going to find that there's even more wrong with me. And I really, you know, because of, of, especially like the, the, um, biases around borderline, I, I felt as though I was this ticking time bomb, that I was dangerous to people and that at my core, I was, I mean, I hate to use the word like evil, but, but there was that at my core, I was darkness and that I was going to go into this session and I was going to open up and there it was going to be all the darkness. And what my experience was, was so profoundly different from that. Um, what I experienced with the help of my guide was that I, that my being, that my essence is multifaceted. I, um, in that session experienced was sort of what I felt like were archetypal um, representations of myself and that I, and, and I sort of not intellectually, but really in a heart based way, which I have to say is my, is my, where my love of MDMA lies is that it is so directly hard experience. Um, I, I was, I saw and experienced and felt appreciation for 
the mother in me, the lover in me, the sage in me, the, um, the warrior in me. And, and, and of course I, I met the darkness too. I met the shadow, but to find that, that that was only a piece of me and not the, the essence of me was life changing. And so when you talk about that, it's a piece of you, that darkness, have you come to learn through your incremental work with psychedelic medicines and MDMA specifically, how to integrate that darkness and come to accept it? Yeah, I, I, it's, I, I would say that's part of, that is the process, right? That is, I, it's an, it's an ongoing learning. Um, how do you unweave that? How do you kind of play with that, right? <laughs> Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, I, there, there, the thing that I love about MDMA is that I can, I can witness, um, aspects of myself with less judgment and less shame. And in fact, no shame. Um, and that's, that is, has been an incredible tool for, um, developing accountability. I think that I used to sort of shut off memories or shut off, you know, um, feelings of, of things that I had done that, you know, one could say was me acting, you know, in the space of, of my shadow and I can, I can face that and, and, and be more focused on what 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 happens next how do how do i develop better relationships and heal heal the things that um that feels dark to me that's beautiful and so it's not to say you're living in it but you're actually walking in a parallel process yeah i, I think that's a great way of putting it yeah Sure. Tell me a little bit more about what's on the horizon now. When you are coming up, do you find yourself continuously facing that archetype of balancing darkness and light? Or has there been a nuance of uh, awakening for you or deeper acceptance of that embodiment? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the the process of integration is, has become as as in general, really interesting to me and the, and the sort of the timing it, it, it doesn't sort of follow the schedule of I'm going to plan, um, you know, a psychedelic session. I'm going to prepare I'm going to do the work. I'm going to come out and, you know, have days, weeks, <laughs> months of, of integration. Sometimes like the most profound integration actually happens just prior to a session. It's, it's, I, well, I don't speak more about that. Yeah, because I've heard that quite often. And so there's almost a really? priming or percolating yeah, 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 on yeah. the surface. Yeah, I think there's a sense once when and, and I don't mean to 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 move away from the idea your initial question of, of where I am with the darkness now, but I think that knowing a little bit, certainly never knowing exactly what to expect going into a session, but knowing a little bit that, you know that the things closest to the surface are going to maybe meet you firsthand and a sense of like, you know, I, I approach this work with, um, 
an incredible sense of like, I want to dive in. I want to do the most work that I can. I want to go as deep as I can. And so in preparation, things will come up that you'll be like, I know that's going to come up, right? I know we're going to talk about it. I know that it, I'm going to face that. So why not face it now? Why not do the work before so that that, 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 that is put in motion already and there's space to go deeper? I love that. I really love that. Especially when you're coming up against potentially challenging things that I hear you talking about, like identities that labels, constructs that our culture is facing, right? They're talking to us about archetypal things that we're coming to terms with internally. Yeah. Does it become an internal process for you? Do you find it more of an internal or an external kind of process when you're in the medicine specifically? Oh, when I'm in the medicine, it, it really depends on um, sort of where I am in the process with my guide. And I've actually, I've, I've actually experimented with sort of being deeper in, in what I think of as being under versus being up and being more and more in relationship and, and conversation with my guide. Um, I think there's incredible benefit in sort of um, taking the steps to really go down deep through sensory deprivation and and using um, music as a tool for for guiding um, the journey. Um, but the, there are part part of my draw to MDMA is also about learning how to to find a context for myself in relationship with other people. Part of what I brought into my very first session was this idea that I don't belong in this world. I don't, in order to, to be in relationship with other people, I actually have to pretend to be someone else. And once I had that in, initial glimpse of perhaps I can I can learn how to relate to people, even relate to the people who, um, you know, who are responsible for, for my trauma. Um, I, I realized that it's sort of having conversation, um, and sometimes I'm having conversation with them. I don't mean necessarily mean, necessarily mean literal conversation with the other person that's present, um, in in my experience, but um, sometimes that can be a really important piece is being up and talking. Thank you. What do you um, think when you say all this, it's so meaningful and so actually almost emotional talking about traumas, talking about our historical, talking about the family, talking about the origins of where we come, talking about places that we've experienced these real tragic situations. How do you now, and what has MDMA provided you to almost in a way empower you? Where are you finding your power now? <laughs> I laugh because sometimes, you know, I, I struggle to say that I, I own power, but I, I'm finding peace from a new sense of empathy that I don't think that I had before. I have empathy for the people that I relate to as a child, 
and I have empathy for the people that for whom I'm supposed to be the parent um, and and how crazy fluid that is, that how I am simultaneously child and parent um, and lover and and struggling to, you know, to be the best person in all of those relationships. It's really beautiful, really beautiful, though. But with courage, I hear you saying, and I know that because of the work we've done. So it's, it is a struggle. There's a lot of suffering, but you're also telling us that you can find kind of a foundation in all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I, I have to say that I respond to the word courage now differently as well, um, because I've learned that, um, you know, in the past, people would refer to me as being strong or resilient. And one of the things that I've learned to want to cultivate in myself is vulnerability and um, and the need to not always be strong. Yeah. I'm going to pivot for a little bit. And you had talked earlier about there's almost more clarity before a session. And then you have a session and an experience, and then there's more information. How do you discern when it's time to go again, when it's time to explore, when it's time to accept the call? How do you personally differentiate, hey, I need to integrate more, I need to chew on this more, or maybe it's time to take another dive? Interesting. Yeah, I was, you know, in, in thinking about having this conversation with you, I was reflecting and I, I'm sure people have, have made this this uh, connection before, but for me, psychedelic work is very similar to my experience with childbirth, where um, you make your you make your plans, right? You do what you think is the best preparation work. Uh, you do your yoga and you do your Bradley classes, and and then you realize that the most important tool that you can take into the experience is your your ability to just adapt and to be somewhat intuitive and, and with your own body and your own experience and, um, and to be forgiving of yourself. And then the real work, you know, sure, childbirth, sure, the, the experience is powerful and meaningful in itself, but the real work, <laughs> the real work is in the life after, right? And so integration, like I, I try to you know, I think I know, I think I have ideas about what, what integration is going to look like. And I tried to set myself up with ways of, uh, expressing or documenting, um, uh, what I've experienced, whether it's, you know, with art projects or, you know, sort of planning time, um, outdoors, cause that's, that's generally my calling, but also being okay if, if none of that seems right, and I, I'm, I'm in currently processing and integrating a session that was a couple of weeks ago, and I am, I'm trying to be, um, I'm, I'm, I'm walking that line of, of, of questioning: Am I doing enough? Am, am I working hard enough at, at, at? taking in and processing what I learned and also um is it okay that it, it this might be sort of sinking in at a different pace than what I'm used to 
And I, I'm, I'm laughing to myself because I think that I sometimes give you a hard time with your with your your message to folks to to be gentle. Um, yeah, right. Everything I think, be gentle, be gentle. <laughs> Take my grams and don't forget to be gentle. <laughs> but it's, I mean, it's you know, if if I if I'm being sincere with and and letting and, le- and like receiving that message, it it's it's the best possible advice, right? Um, just and, and to trust. To trust you. that you that you're that you're doing the the work that needs to be done. Well, especially and that really means a lot to me that you say it because when I start saying it, often people laugh. And then what you just alluded to really is what I press on is no one's gentle with each other. No one's gentle with themselves. And at the end of the day in this culture, that's my only ask. And I think psychedelics humbly has taught that to me, is if we don't step in and provide grace to ourselves or understanding or compassion, and I use the term gentleness, who will? And for you to say that, I'm so grateful because at that moment, it tells me it doesn't matter what pace, as you said, we go at. It's are we being kind to ourselves in I mean, we're literally talking about trauma, historical memories, how to walk in this world right now. And so for you to say that, I'm grateful. I'm, I'm grateful to you for the reminder. <clears throat> and you're right. It, it's, it's huge work. It's right. transformative work. And so when we say that to come off of this mountain today, it's transformational. It's very transformational work. Yeah. What is transformation to you today? What is the call that psychedelics still has out there for you? What's the motivations you hope to dance with? I, it's, it's a huge question. It's a great way I, to end, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I mean, what, what this path that I'm on wasn't, I could I couldn't even see this path four years ago. I I I didn't believe that I could remember and feel the feelings and still be able to survive and 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 not just survive but potentially thrive. Um I just so now now the work is is moving forward and 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 accepting that um that i can keep sorry i'm i'm struggling with this <laughs> that you know to accept that i'm on this path where i'm it, it's it's not linear it's not just pushing forward right Right. It's it, it's very much circular. There are going to be times when I step back into the feelings um, that feel too big and too much. And um, but um, I you know that that the medicine is is there for me when I'm ready 
to when I need support in resetting or when I'm ready to take the next step. Um, and that even though honestly, nobody knows about the work that I'm doing, nobody in my family knows about the work that I'm doing, unfortunately, but they know that something is, is healing in me and, and, and so I can be accountable to, to, to that with them. I can be accountable to, to getting better. Yeah. The act of change. What's the emotion when you say that I, I hear such a, a tenderness. Um, I think, you know, for so long, I felt so much shame about not being able to show up whole and healthy in the way that that I wanted to and any progress that I can make in that space to, you know, to be a, a better mother, a better sister, a better d daughter. Um, it's, that's that's what, it's, what, it's what we're here for, right? That's remarkable. And I'm so grateful that you share the importance that it is work and that it's cyclical. It comes in circles. It, it's consistent. It's not linear. And I'm really grateful that that's acknowledged because out there, this one hit pill or this one, it's, it's nothing like that. Not at all. No, I, 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 unfortunately, I feel like in my research about this work, there was so much representation of, of that sort of like one or two sessions and boom, you're yeah. good to go. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's okay. I mean, I, 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 it's okay because I have, I, I mean, the therapy, the integration therapy that we do together makes that possible. I guess my fear is, or my concern or sadness is for people who are doing the psychedelic work on their own and don't have that, the root, the, the tree, the, you know, that something to anchor themselves to in, in, in the, in the therapy. So important. And it means a lot. And I'm humbled by your expression about it because the therapy before and after is super important. I'm grateful to have you today. It was a wonderful conversation, deeply heartfelt. Thank you so much, Ryan. Yeah. The Psychedelic Psychologist is a place to explore your healing, your transformation. And I join you each week. I thank you and be gentle. Be gentle.